God's people said, Amen. I want to talk to you about the king and his kingdom. The king and his kingdom. Uh, you see more clearly when you get a different perspective. For example, are there things that you thought you knew as a child, but later on you realize, oh, okay, now I get it. Things about that you look back at things that you did or family relationships. You had that weird, crazy uncle that you didn't, you thought was awesome, you know, when you were a child and then you got older, you're like, oh, okay, and now I understand why mom said the things she said. You know, like you, you, sometimes you get older, you start seeing things differently. You have a different perspective. And uh, I've been, I know I have a three-year-old and a seven-year-old, so Song lyrics for me, Pastor Christian and I were talking about this this week, song lyrics are a good example that you sing songs when you were a kid all the time and then you look back and you think, what in the world were my parents doing letting me sing that song? Or when you're younger, like I have on the way to school every day, my kids sing in the back. You know, we put on a Christian music, they have a playlist in my truck. And on the way, you know, my, my little three-year-old, she always requests certain songs. She has her favorite songs. She sings all the time. And one of them is, this is how I fight my paddles. And, and that's it, man. Yes, I don't know where that's coming from. That's something she's thinking about. But this is how I fight my paddles. And you know, when, when you're younger, you can even be, uh, you know, you, you start singing. You, you know the chorus most of the time. And then the verses, this is how I fight my, you know. And then you kind of can get it. Or I remember in college, uh, we, that 19, I think it's 1989 song, We Didn't Start the Fire. I don't know if you know this or not. You know, We Didn't Start the Fire. And it is the longest, wordiest, it's a good history song, by the way. But, you know, we know the verse, We Didn't Start the Fire, it was always burned since the world's been turning. But then it was like, Rich and I, Ho Chi Minh, son of, son of, da, 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 you know, whatever. And you kind of just muddle through the verse. There's a lot of songs like that. It's like nobody knows the verse to this song, but we know the chorus. And later on, you get to understanding what those words are, and you think, we shouldn't sing that song. You know? you, like, you just get to know a different perspective. You know, and the same has been true for my, you know, where are you going with this? The same has been true for my spiritual life. When I was younger, I thought I knew Jesus, but I really just knew the chorus. And as I got older, I started learning the verses. And I can tell you now, that even though I grew up in church after years of studying Christ and spending time with him and just getting into his word in a very deep way after praying every day, I know him now more than I've ever known him in my life and I love him now more than I've ever loved him in my life. Just this morning on the way to church, just feeling him in the car. It's like, man, I really love this guy. I was telling our pastors in Jamaica at the end of our, our class we had a few weeks ago, and I was just like, I'm just going to let you know something. This guy, I love him. I just love him. I feel like I know him this year more than I've ever known him. It's because you have to get to know the verses. That's both literal and metaphorical. You've got to know the verses. And sometimes our Christianity is just about the chorus. It's very simple. It's repetitive. It's very easy to get to know. But there's so much richness in the verses. And so I think sometimes, though, we often see Christ through this easy chorus. We have a habit of making God in our own image. We muddle through the verses of our Christianity 
And often we just want Him our own way. We sing praises for how He's ministered to our flesh, how He satisfies all our earthly desires, how He's provided for our earthly needs. And we sing really a lot about us. And that's what I love about modern worship music. It's really all about Him. So who is this Jesus? Do you know Him? Do you see Him for who He is? Is He a man's King or heaven's King? And have we really had a lower viewpoint of Him? Because we really haven't got into the verses. And the thing I want to let you take home with today is this, is that you can't praise Him until you raise Him. You can't praise Him until you raise Him. Who is this Jesus? Look with me in John chapter 12, verse 16. Let me give you the background. Lazarus has just been risen from the dead. It's Christ's greatest miracle, the climax of his whole ministry. And in fact, many people begin to be drawn to Christ because of this great miracle. But the Bible repeatedly says, even still yet, they did not believe, especially the religious elite, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And in fact, because of Lazarus, they have decided finally to put Christ to death, to find some reason to kill him, and not only just kill him, but to kill Lazarus as well. And so the Bible says, even in John chapter 12, verse 16, that says, These things the disciples did not understand at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things are written of him and that they had done those things. What were they talking about? This day had come, and he has come across the Mount of Olives, and somehow this donkey and a little donkey shows up, and they begin, all of a sudden, randomly, Hosanna is being shouted, and there's palm branches coming along the way, and there's a bunch of people who are praising Jesus as this messianic king. And the disciples are thinking, what in the world is going on? We don't understand what's happening here, but hey, let's just go on with the crowd. Hosanna, Hosanna, let's just start singing the song they're singing. And they begin to sing the lyrics without knowing the meaning. They begin to sing the chorus without reading the verses. And if you read Psalms chapter 18, it says, Hosanna, Hosanna, we pray. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But then the next verse says, let us bind the sacrifice on the altar. You see, they knew the chorus, but they didn't sing the verse. Who is this Jesus? What's going on here? It's like, well, this is how I fight my paddles. We're just singing a song. It sounds good. We like the lyrics. Let's just go on with it. It's a happy day. And we're moving on with Jesus. But along the way, Jesus had repeatedly told them, the Son of Man is going to be crucified. I'm going to be buried. I'm going to be raised to life on the third day. And the Bible even says they did not understand what he was saying. I'm like, the words are right there. Why can't you understand the lyrics? But it says they were, did not understand, but were afraid to ask. It's like my daughters. They can hear the lyrics. I hear it, but they're not singing the same words I'm singing. They don't have a revelation of what this means, of what this means. My daughter actually yesterday was we were working in the yard. Friday we were working in the yard, and she, she was singing a song, uh, uh, th that same song, and she said, uh, you know, I'm surrounded, uh, uh, when I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. You know, that's the lyrics of the song. And she came to me, and we were outside in the yard, and she says, what does it mean to be surrounded? So I just came up behind her and just wrapped her up, and I said, this is surrounded, you know. When, when we are surrounded by other things, then we feel like Jesus is surrounding us. And just explaining, she had no clue, but she was singing the song, Surrounded, but she doesn't know what it meant. And the disciples said, I don't get it, but let's sing it anyway. They approach the city, and here they are singing Hosanna, and Jesus begins to weep. 
The Bible says he began to weep over this city because he says they did not understand the hour of their visitation. They did not understand the things that made for peace. So look in verse 32, because as they get into the city, here's what Jesus says to them. Again, he's saying the same thing over and over. They still don't hear the lyrics. He says, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to myself. But the Bible says, but he was saying this to indicate the kind of death by which he was to die. For the crowds answered him, we have not heard of the law that the Christ is to remain forever. And how do you say the son of man must be lifted up? Who is this son of man? Matthew says they were kept asking, who is this guy? Who is this Jesus? Everybody's singing about him. What does it mean? Who is this guy? And he says, I'm going to be lifted up and I'm going to draw men unto myself. I must be lifted up and all people will come to me. And he says, yeah, but the Messiah can't die. The Bible says the Messiah will live forever. So who is this guy? It says, they were not believing to fulfill the words of Isaiah. They knew the chorus, but they did not know the verse. The people praised him, but they did not believe him. The disciples believed him, but they did not understand him. How do you praise someone you don't understand? How do you praise someone you don't believe. I don't know. Ask every modern Christian in America that often comes to church singing songs. They have no clue what they're singing. We can praise something we don't really believe in. We can believe in someone we don't really understand because it's just song lyrics. And the fact of these things, it says these things the disciples did not understand at first. But when he was glorified, they remembered because you can't praise him until you raise him. You can't praise him till you raise him. The same is true for us. You can, we can sing songs about Jesus, but our hearts can have all the lyrics jumbled up. We don't really know what we're saying, so we don't really mean it. It's a good song, but we don't have a revelation. Or maybe even in our life, we can honor God with our lips, but our hearts can be far from us, like Isaiah said it would be. We can follow Jesus with our lives. You know, you can come to church here today. You can give up things. You can stop cussing and drinking and, and going around. And you can stop doing certain things. You can listen to all the teachings. You can attend all of our large gatherings. But you can fail to understand because you've yet to raise him on the cross. Because you can't praise him until you raise him. Until you lift him up. That's the course for today. Let me tell you the verse. Are you ready? Let me give you three verses. The first one is, the verse one is, you've got to believe him. What does it mean? Well, you know, in the Bible, believing is seeing. Not seeing is believing, but in the Bible, believing is seeing. This is the first verse, verse one. They did not realize who he was because they had not believed him. John chapter eight, verse 23, this is before. He says, he was saying to them, you are from below. I am from above. You are from this world. I am not from this world. Therefore, I say to you that you will die in your sins for unless you, everybody say, believe. believe. Unless you believe that I am he. You have to believe that I am he. They're saying, well, who are you? I am he. Well, where are you from? I'm not from this world. Do you believe that? And it says they were not believing. What is believing? In the Gospel of John, believing is not a matter of scientific facts. Believing is not a matter of doctrinal dissertation. Believing is a matter of spiritual revelation. Believing, even the demons believe who Jesus is. 
but they don't submit to his lordship. And the Pharisees had all the doctrine. He comes to Nicodemus and he says, Nicodemus, how can you be a teacher of the law and yet you do not know these things? Nicodemus, he says, Nicodemus, you've got to be what? Born again or born from above. And unless you are born from above, he says, I don't understand what you're saying. He says, well, I'm from above. Let me tell you something. I can't explain it to you in these terms. And I'm trying to tell you in earthly terms the best I understand. But how can I tell you in earthly terms? How can you understand spiritual things if you don't understand these earthly things? So Nicodemus, it's like the wind. I can't tell you how it comes or how it goes, but you're going to see the effects of it. And so is it so as every person who believes in who I am. There's something not head knowledge, not doctrinal knowledge, not church administration or church membership. It's not about what you give up or what you do. It's about who you're about to become by the Spirit of God. I can paint you a Christian. I can organize you into Christianity. I can doctrinalize you into Christianity, but I can never make you a Christian unless you're born again. And the only reason you're born again is because you believe who he says he is. And it's not something you can do. Joining sanctuary membership does not make you born again. Even understanding my teachings and coming to our worship and giving up things in your life does not make you born again. There must be a spiritual encounter that changes you from the inside out. That's Christianity. That's Christianity. It is a spiritual encounter. It is a revelation of truth that changes a person. That's what it means to believe in who he is. It is a revelation of truth that changes a person. Believing in Christ is not just the belief of him, but it's the trust in him. Believing in Christ is not the belief of him, but is the trust in him. He is the light that illuminates the darkness. The light that illuminates the darkness of our sin's ignorance, of its captivity. He is the light. He is the life. He is the way. He is the truth. And he says, everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. Verse 1, you have to believe him. You have to be born again by the Spirit. Number 2, verse 2, is you have to raise him. The disciples had that day, even that week, repeatedly argued who was going to be the greatest. They were all in the man's kingdom. All oh, they knew the chorus. This is the Messiah. This is the Son of God. Even Peter, Jesus, surely you are the Son of God. Man, I will die for you. Man, I love you. Man, we're following you. You're going to leave me too? No, Jesus, man, we're going to be with you to the end. We know who you are. We got the chorus down, all right? But you haven't raised me yet. Who's the greatest? They were concerned about lifting themselves up. And Jesus says, but you have to deny yourself. You have to lower yourself. He would demonstrate that best when he laid aside his robe and began to wash their feet. And the Bible wants you to know that's how he laid aside, symbolic of laying aside his divine privilege. He made himself of no reputation. He laid aside his glory. He laid aside his, his power, what he could have done. He laid aside it all for the sake of lowering him own, his own self for the sake of these sinful men, one which would betray him. And he laid aside his robe and he washed their feet. And the Bible says even this was not understood until he was glorified later. They didn't get verse 2 even until he was later glorified. John 8 verse 27, they did not realize that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So verse 28 he says, so when you lift up the Son of Man, John 8 verse 28, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he. When you raise him, then you'll 
know him. You cannot praise him rightly till you raise him highly. You cannot know him until you raise him. You cannot truly, truly understand the depth of his love until you see him there on the cross. You cannot truly fathom how God has so loved the world till you see his son nailed to our own rugged cross. You can't see him clearly until you raise him rightly. You don't know him till you see him there on the cross. That is his purpose. That is what for which he came. And perhaps the reason we can't worship him rightly, perhaps the reason our church services are dead, that people just stand there and they mouth the lyrics with our worship team, perhaps the reason our altars are not filled with weeping saints is because our worship is on the wrong things. They were trying to lift themselves up. Jesus, I come to church. It's all about me. It's all about me. Jesus, make me better. Jesus, what can you do for me? Jesus, how can you give me a better job? Jesus, how can you heal my body? He even comes to these 5,000. They come begin to follow him. He says, you're following me because you think I can multiply more food for you. But this is just the food that you need, the food that's from heaven. Take, eat of me. Come inside of me. I will give you life. You don't go for the things of this world. Go for me, the things of above. And he's like, don't you get? it you got the chorus but you don't got the verse worship is on selfish things earthly things pleasures and positions and power Jesus I'm offended somebody offended me get over it he died on the cross for you what does it matter I mean come on really what are we fighting over what are we quabbling over what are what are we going through this life worried about he's like don't you understand I'm coming quickly and my reward and recompense is with me. Behold, all things are going to be new. All the old things have passed away. You are born again, alive in Christ. And like the people of his day, maybe we're singing the worship songs, but we don't understand who he is. We haven't allowed his words to go to our hearts. We haven't believed in them totally. And we haven't followed him to the cross, to the denial of self. You see, John the Apostle was the only one of the 12 that would make it all the way to the cross. That's why he's the one writing this gospel. He would be there to see him crucified and nailed. I think he truly knew him in a way that other people did not. So how do you lift him up today? Jesus had said in John 3, he says, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up. And that's from Numbers 21. What do you mean, Pastor? What did Moses lift up a serpent, a serpent, a snake in the wilderness? In Numbers 21, Israel began to complain for God and his provision and how God was going to lead them through and they didn't like other things God was doing. It wasn't easy. It wasn't comfortable. So they complained. So God sent fiery serpents, the Bible says, and began to bite people and people began to die. And so they cried out to Moses, Moses, be our Christ, intercede for us, be our Savior, intercede for us. Moses intercedes, and God says, make this bronze serpent on a pole so whenever someone is bit, they can come to it and they can look up at it, and then instantaneously they'll be healed. And Jesus says, it's the same for me. When someone comes to the cross, and they come to the bottom of the cross, and they begin to look at me lifted up and high, that I have provided that, that healing for sin's snake bite. I have provided that sting of death that is going to come on your life. And unless you look to me and believe, you will die in your sins. And unless we look on him whom we've pierced and mourn for him, that's where Hebrews says, fix your eyes on Jesus. 
Isaiah tells us he was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He bore our grief and carried our sorrows. He was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities, chastened for our well-being like a lamb led to the slaughter. And he bore the sins of many and yet interceded for the transgressor. Have we fallen at his feet and come to say, you know, it was my sin that nailed him there. It was my shame that he nailed to that place. It was my sorrow he carried. Not just we, this, uh, this other they. We always like to say, they'll do it later or someone will take care of that problem. But really when you get to personalizing it, it's like this is my Jesus. This was my sin. That's where John saw him on the cross. Peter, when he began to wash Peter's feet, I think they began to understand it was me, it was me, it was me. I did this. This, this was my fault, that this is the reason he came, and that was my stuff he nailed to that place. Unless you come, you can hear me talk about it all day long, but unless you believe it, unless you come to that place and you lift it up and say, you are my Jesus. It is me. He died for me. Not just the whole world, for me. He died for all, but for me. I have a personal relationship with this guy, and it's my sin he carried, and my sorrows he bore. Whose king is he? Is he an earthly king or a heavenly king? Have you got the chorus or do you know the verses? In John 12, he said, If I am lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men to myself. You see, you're not really attracted to Jesus until you've lifted him up. When I'm drawn, I'm lifted up, I will draw men to myself. When you begin to see him for who he says he is and to see him for what he's done, you will be so attracted to Jesus. You'll be so drawn to Jesus. You won't want to get enough of Jesus. You won't just attend church casually and comfortably. You will attend church passionately. You will serve liberally. You will give liberally. You will want to read your Bible. You will want to pray. You will want to worship. You will want to respond to altar calls because you know the verses. You know the depth of the song. You know the richness of its melody. You don't just sing songs something you don't understand, but you say, yes, I know him. I've experienced him. I've loved him. I've seen him there. Because you can't Praise him till you raise him. There's two different perspectives in this story. Just like I can hear a song lyric and my children can hear a song lyric. I see better further down the road. The disciples saw better further down the road. You see, in heaven saw something different that day. Heaven saw versus earth saw. You see, man saw a general who might conquer the Roman occupiers. And heaven saw the prince of peace who was riding to conquer death. And man saw a prophet who could set the priesthood right, while heaven saw the high priest who would make intercession for all men. And man saw a miracle worker who could multiply loaves and feed the hungry. And heaven saw the bread of life who would feed the hungry soul. And man saw a threat, someone who could cause the destruction of their stone temple. And yet heaven saw the stone the builders rejected become the chief cornerstone. And man saw an instigator who stirred the crowds on that Passover day 
who could take away their influence. But heaven saw the Passover lamb who would take away the sins of the world. Do you see him? Believe him, raise him, and see him. Hebrews 2.9 says, But we do see him, who was made for a little while lower than the angels, and namely this Jesus. Because of the suffering of death, he was crowned with glory and honor, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. You cannot praise him until you raise him. You cannot praise him until you raise him. So have you raised him? Have you gotten past the chorus? Have you gotten the lyrics right? Have you gotten to the verses where you come to a born-again relationship with Christ where it's not about this religious stuff and that you're changed by a revelation of who he says he is on the inside, a spiritual renewal, something that is alive on the inside by the power of the Holy Spirit, something that's not just something that you go to a church, that you would do certain things and you don't do certain other things, but you are something new, something created by God, born from above, and that you'd rightly raise him on the cross, and you go to that place of self-denial with him, and you experience his death with him, and you you go to that place and then you say yes now I see him and he is high and lifted up amen worship team would you come every head bowed every eye closed you cannot praise him till you raise him what's the melody of your heart this morning you've been going through the motions has it become an old song have you got the lyrics right? Is it just been about the tune? So many times our songs that we love just about the music behind it, but have you, do you know the lyrics? Do you know the richness, the depth of his love, of his sacrifice for you? Has it become personal to you? This is a good time for it to be personal again, to get back to that place beyond the noise, beyond the hustle and bustle, beyond the religiosity, beyond the, all your expectations, beyond all the things you think you need or want, beyond all other people's expectations of you, of all the responsibilities you hold as a mom, as a dad, of, as a church worker, as a member, as a Christian, beyond all that stuff that you've put upon yourself, but just to come to the, the freshness of it once again, just to come to the realism of it once again, that Jesus has come. He has died for us. He has risen from the grave. He is coming back again. But until that day, he is highly exalted. The train of his robe fills the temple. He is lifted up above all things. There is no one like our Jesus who has borne my sin, carried my sorrows, dealt with my shame. And I can say, yes, Lord, I am seated with you in heavenly places now because you have died for me. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I want you. Oh, God, that oh, for grace to know him more. God, that we would know you more. To know you more. Oh, God, give us that maturity. Let's move on like Hebrews says, beyond all those milk, Lord, but to the meat. God, let us have a depth of knowledge of Jesus Christ, a richness of your lavishing grace. Oh God, that we might know you.
that we might know you, to see you, King Jesus. Are you there? Are you there? What's the melody of your heart today? Because you can't praise him until you raise him. I'm going to ask you just every head bowed, every eye closed. You just begin to examine your heart. Lord, maybe today for someone here it's become dry, it's become mundane. It's become man's work and man's religion. It's become just getting the job done and getting through to another week. God, it's become all about our grocery shopping list of needs. It's become about what we need from you and how you can help us. It's become who's done things to us. It's become all about us. But Lord Jesus, we repent of our sin. We ask you to make us born again. God, we want to know. Take us to that place of self-denial of the cross. Let us see your love that was dripping off of you that day. Every stripe, every nail, every drop of blood, every sweat of blood, you bore it for us. And we see you, King Jesus. We see you, King Jesus. We're just going to have an open response this morning. If you need to know the Lord, man, come find a place and just find him and know him. I'm going to ask the team to sing this song. And let this song just be a personal response for you. You want to stand and raise your hands. If you want to bow, bow. If you want to come to the front, come to the front. Do it for Jesus. Do it for Jesus. Just get to know him. Find him in this moment. Before the hustle of the week comes, can you find him in this sweet moment as he's here? Let's sing this song together.